You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to after the show number twenty-five. Eight. We're a quarter of a way to a hundred. Hey. Um, Sunday, July the 6th, and this week we're going to be reviewing Drillbit Taylor, the extended survival edition on Blu-ray disc. This is a 2008 movie. It will be released on DVD this Tuesday, July the 8th, and it's from our friends at Paramount. Um, Sid Talk, do you want to... Well, I think to... I like how you just completely ignored the one of the biggest holidays in America there, just because you're not from here. So happy late 4th of July to everyone. Yes, but I'm, Bri- I'm British. Why would I, I know? Well, you should care because you're he- you're right here with me. I'm fully blooded American, American. Not that I celebrated. I'm just saying some people did. Uh, <laughs> I was at work and I saw some fireworks and that was it. And um, the reason I, you know, British people—it's <laughs> a strange thing. British people in America, Independence. Yeah, day. you make a big deal out of Boxing Day, which I don't have any idea. What I don't it even know is. what it means either. But, I mean, you always say, what, Boxing Day? It's Boxing Day. We're going to do yeah, Boxing Day. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> 4th of July, holiday, English person. The <laughs> whole idea of Independence Day was you got away from us filthy limeys. <laughs> oh, my God. And... Oh. What did I tell you before I went to work? I said, thanks for letting us uh, whoop your butt. I should then, feel uh, a lot of hate on that day. <laughs> really. Anyway, we're all friends now, so... Yes. Moving on to... Quite good friends. Moving on to Drillbit Taylor Extended Edition... Blu-ray disc. You're going to tell us what it's all about. Drubba Taylor is about a down-and-out homeless ex-army guy who gets tangled up with three kids who are being bullied in high school, and they're going to hire him as their bodyguard. And that's it, really. And it's a comedy. And then there's the story that goes with it. Yeah, there's, but that's like the heart of it. And, uh, you know, there's some coming-of-age stuff and some... Uh, learning to be more brave and kicking the crap out of somebody's stuff. So moving on to the story, it's a, how would you put it? It's an unrated movie, by the way, this Blu-ray disc. uh, The Blu-ray is, yeah. Yeah, uh, and the DVD is. Um, Didn't seem like an unrated movie to me. I don't think that's what that means anymore. I think unrated just means they put all the bits in there. Like, if they wanted to be PG-13 to start with, and they put too many shits or asses or son-of-a-bitches in there, or too much violence... What about cunt? To make... There are no cunts. Uh, If they have too many of those to make it what they want, right? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Cut all that out. Those bits haven't been to the British... To make to the theater. Haven't been to the board of... Oh, British, seriously. (laughs) BBFC, I was going to say. But those... No, the... Those pieces haven't the been certified by anybody. Right, so, so the, for the theatrical release, they cut out all those parts. So now they're saying, well, it's unrated because we put all those parts in. But that doesn't mean you're Which is a bit of a con. naked bodies or anything. Anyway, moving on to the actual movie, not the censorship or the rating. <laughs> um, so it's like a light-hearted comedy. Um, in this new kind of style, The um, well, it's produced by Judd Apatow. And written by... It's written by Seth Rogen, and it's... Like, written and directed by a bunch of smartasses. Let's just be yes, honest. Yes, it's very... They yeah. really are. Sarcastic, Sarcastic and smartass. They love seeing now, people get kicked in the balls and all that stuff. I actually that. like this... Uh, for, I like Knocked Up. I like 40-Year-Old Virgin. I like these kind of comedies. But did you like this? And I... Well, just getting onto the story of this mm, movie. Okay. I um, like these kind of comedies. I like Judd Apatow stuff. It's kind of like... Um, 
it's like the John Hughes of this generation or something to me. Mm-hmm. It's like stuff that will be, you know. I find that personally offensive, but whatever. No, I just, <laughs> you know well, what I mean. This is I a new generation of everything, yeah. right? And, and it's a new take. I think on these youth. movies will stick super bad and knocked up and things like that. I think they will stick in this day and age. I disagree. No, I do. I think so. I, I personally kind of I don't particularly like American style comedy. But this kind of comedy, I, I do like it. I, I laugh on occasion, so it's good for me. It's brushing us all with the big same brush there, isn't it? You don't like American comedy in general. In general, no. I mean, uh, sitcoms, not like them. Um, but this um, is American Romantic comedy. comedies, they don't generally make me laugh very much. American ones. British ones, because I'm British and I'm brought up with that sense of humor, mm-hmm. they're funnier to me. But what I'm saying is, this one, did I like it? I actually enjoyed it, in a way. In a way, I know, that's exactly right. Now, the story is, of course, we meet Drillbit, who is... Uh, a bum. What's his face? Um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Oh, it was Owen Wilson? Yes. Yes. And my problem with Owen Wilson is this. He's he's supposed to be this bum who's got a bit of an edge. Obviously, he's oh, been like, in the army. He, he tells he, some bullshit story. He lives outside. He's, lives a, out, he's a bum. He's a home, homeless yeah, home, guy. Yeah, homeless guy. And he's got this kind of like bum friends he's and whatever. He's a smooth homeless guy. He's supposed... Yeah, he's smooth and he's too... Knowing him, right, and the way he is, it just was too... It was kind of like trying to make him edgy with a little bit of darkness, like he, yeah, he's going to rip these kids off and he's just going to take them for all they he can and then move on. He wants to go to Canada. and So you get a hint of he's a decent guy, but he's in this situation and yet he's going to just steal from them. But you always know he's not really a bad guy because he's just Owen Wilson. Yeah, because he's... And it's really flat a lot, and I felt really... Well, let me put it this way. ...challenged to be charmed. For me, the movie's called Drillbit Taylor, and that's Owen Wilson's character. Mm. For me, the three kids are the complete star of the show. I agree completely. If Drillbit Taylor wasn't involved and it was just the story of those kids, I know he needs to be for the story, but the kids pulled it off. But does he? Because if it was just three kids being bullied and figuring out on their own... How to overcome. Yeah, and but... That, that would be fine, too. That would work as well, yeah. But, but yeah, the kids, for me, were the stars of the show. And Owen Wilson was just a vehicle for the kids to get to. And I felt I like this was just a movie for as a vehicle for him and for What's-His-Face. Seth, What's-His-Face. Oh, look, he's really popular now. He's really famous now. He wrote this script. Let's make it into a movie. Well, yeah, that, that is no doubt how it how Because I felt like were. it was a bit... I don't know. But the I kids were really good. And fantastic. Except for the little kid. It really irritated me. You mean the kind of gangly one? No, the little kid. The short one. No, I love the skinny kid. Yeah, I love like the round the, kid. No, but the little kid. One. Oh, he was really... Oh, we got bad looping again with his voice. Really bad over voice. Like that. He was the worst of the three kids, but together they all had some funny stuff together. Yeah. Um, anyway, the the story of the three... It's the story of the three kids overcoming a, a major bully at Major school. bully, yeah. And... You know, Drillbit Taylor being a bomb. Did we get to this? That they hire him as yeah, we did. Hire him as a hire bodyguard, as a, and he basically, because he's a bit of a chancer, he, he he lets them hire him as a bodyguard on the pretense of just getting some money from them and just going along with it to right. keep getting money and stealing stuff from their house actually. Yeah, but he um, when he gets to the school to help them out, as uh, he poses as a school teacher and. That's. I thought that was kind of funny. Because That's where I felt 
school how school school of rock jumped in there for me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and like, see when he said things like, uh, "Oh, it's easy being a school teacher; you just have that older cup of coffee and everything's good." Like, yeah, nobody that, knows the difference. Yeah, because like, that is just like I always used to think that at school, like this at break times, my teachers used to wander around with cups of coffee. It was really strange, like, but. Um, they dress him up, send him to school so he can protect him. He has a walkie-talkie. He's always keeping an eye on them. It's uh, not always. Sometimes he's just having a sleep in the staff room, like, yeah. or, you know. But it is. And he there's a love interest. Through. He finds another teacher who's. Yep, Judd Apatow's wife. Yeah. <laughs> and how convenient. Yeah, and uh, it's overall, it's a very. You've seen it before. I feel like you've seen it before, but I enjoyed it. I, I can't. I, I can say it was. There were some parts where I was kind of like, okay, okay. But overall, the story had a heart, a good, a good the message. Okay, what, what part was uh, for Just you? A lot of the middle part was like, for me, it was a lot of the Owen Wilson parts, to be honest. Yes. When it's not the kids. When they're trying, he has moments when I love him, right? And yeah. then it's the other moments where I can actually envision that they sit there and let him do like 10 takes of a different version and he's just doing it over and over and everyone's charmed because it's Owen Wilson and they're laughing. Oh, that's a good one. Let's do another one. Oh, ha, ha. And then they pick whichever one they think fits the best. Which I, is a bit Steve Carell. Uh, yeah, but he's not got that too. kind of comedy at all. Like no. totally different, but... He's really laid back. I that's just felt I like it was too... And also the whole, like you said, the major bully... It's one of those movies where it's a really serious subject, and I cannot stress this enough, and I don't give a shit if anybody thinks it's because I'm a girl or a woman or whatever. I think the idea of a bully and kids having to defend themselves, and that's part of growing up and all that, it's bullshit. And I don't like it being funny, and I don't like it being made fun of. Yes, I like the idea of these kids getting their courage up and kind of learning how to face life and whatnot, but the whole, the whole thing, they make, it just makes it a little too easy and a little too fun. I don't really like that part. So that made me uncomfortable a lot. Mm. I really didn't like that It's part. a bit armor boy, so I guess not for me. Does it really not bother you? The idea that it's okay to stand there and punch your friend over and over just to get ready for a fight. It's just lame. Mm. I mean, let's be honest. No, in the, context of, in the context of the film, that scene, for me, that was it was quite funny. This is rationalizing. It's not in the context of anything. It's two kids hitting mm. each other. It's not funny. Yeah, it's not but, cute. But they're actually... I don't want my nephews say, to the sit reason, around They're not just hitting each other. The reason they're there is they they're gonna have to fight this guy and they decide if we hit each other then we will get, we will be prepared we will understand what punches feel like it's not just they're randomly hitting each other and it's funny there's a whole reasoning behind and it, and it's it's quite funny when they hit each other i mean you don't obviously don't think so but i, I thought <laughs> i thought the scene that scene was actually pretty funny because they were obviously doing it you know, there were some real hits there, probably, weren't they? Those kids were doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that I, whole the whole concept. Unless it's done just right, and I don't think it was, it irritates the crap out of me. See, because I don't think it's that funny. part didn't irritate the crap out of me. The part where I mm, would think, oh, this isn't actually that funny, is the whole montage of bullying at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Now that was done in like a light-hearted way, but the kids it was were really being bad. humiliated, really, really bad. Badly. Yeah. So that is a bit uncomfortable because it was kind of like, look how funny it is to see these kids go through horrible stuff. Exactly. Now, so you have to take that. That is the real heart of it. Not that it's cute or funny or charming or, hey, we know they're going to probably get up their courage at some point and beat the crap out of him. It's just not, it's not a funny subject to me. Not when you, if you have a bullying in a movie and a cute little story and the bullying is just what it is, kind of like 
semi-lightheartedness. You know, we're talking like Napoleon Dynamite here or whatever. Where it's, they take it totally out of reality context. And it's mostly just intellectual bullying and making you feel like crap because you're different than everybody else. And then you rise up and show them who you really are. Okay? In that context, that's fine. You throw in the violence and you throw in that it's okay to even train to beat the crap out of somebody. Or all of that. It just... Because I just think of all the stupid YouTube videos and all the ignoramuses out there that let their kids go out in the backyard and hit each other with chairs and all that shit. I well, hate it. I do think, and this reminds me of that. I do think that the only way to stand up to bullies is to show them you're not scared. I mean, it is, it's definitely... Even though it's the... You wear it a billion times. Yeah. It's, it is the way to stand up to And I'm over, I'm over-dramatizing that that's part of this movie, because this is a comedy. Yeah, There's not a lot of it, but it just, in my mind, so if you if you watch it, and you're a woman, and you think the same thing, then don't let the dude tell you, oh, it's just the way it is. Because <laughs> it's not. It's No, not, but, but it's the not message funny. does, the, the movie's not about bullies and how cool it is no. to be bullied. It's actually, you know... It's showing that bullies are dickheads and they will get their comeuppance like. So, yes. So at the end of the movie, even if you hated the bullying scenes or whatever, which which aren't done in any, like, they're not like American History X or anything. No. It's all light-hearted. But it's horrible. Way. It's but humiliation. I'm saying, by the time you get to the end, you will... Like, Don't tell them the end. No, I'm not saying the end, but it's obvious, <laughs> isn't it? I'm, I'm saying well, yeah. by the time you get to the end, you know, you, you'll root for these kids anyway. Like, because they're Immediately. the underdog. Unless you're the bully. Kind. Yeah, if you're a bully and you're a dickhead and you're listening to this and you, you think it's funny, I. Uh, uh, if you're a bully, if, if, think of it this way. I'd like way. you to come and I'd just tell you to your face, you're a piece think of crap. Of, if you think of it this way, we're always on the side of the underdogs when we watch a movie like that. Okay, so what happens if you're not that underdog? You're the bully guy. How yeah, do you watch that movie? If you're like an asshole and you're the guy who thinks it's funny do you watch to that movie hit and... girls and beat up people and make fun of people and put them down and you're like Mr. Jock guy who thinks being strong I guess you watch that movie and see the see the kids trying to fight back and stuff and go, ah, those kids would never fight back. I'd kill them. Yeah. They'd probably look at it that Pathetic. way. Pathetic. So I guess it wouldn't be. You can fun. tell it really brings up a very bad feeling in me. I hate it. I wish all bullies would just cease to exist right this moment. But anyway, off the bullying topic. <laughs> I know the movie's... It's a comedy, though. It's not a... The, you know. the, it's, it's a total comedy. Like, yeah. a wacky comedy. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I... I like I say, the middle part it kind of dragged a little bit. It seemed a little bit too long for what it was because it was nearly two hours to get to the point. You yeah, mean? I think I think it, the middle part was a bit mainly the parts concerning Owen Wilson and his bum friends. Yes, and stuff. exactly. I, I agree. I completely. really didn't care for them. I wanted to get back to the kids, like, and it, there was a bit in the middle where it was a bit. Yeah. The plot just went off and it went back to his. Because I didn't care about him going to Canada. I didn't care if he stayed. I didn't care. Well, about we'll have to explain interest. that. The um, that was his goal. I said before. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, what he was. wanted, was to make some money so yeah, he could go yeah. to Canada and get out of this life. Which whatever. didn't really... It was just a device to get this amount of money. Like, yeah, you know, a really fluffy thing as well. Like, what? That just isn't, you know... Yeah. So, but overall, I liked it. I thought it was pretty... I think I had, I had moments tale. that I really liked. I love the kids. I agree completely. They were great, yeah. I could stand to see a movie, like you said, just about them getting through high school, um, just, you know, on their own, the, whatever whatever that would entail. I just think that because the bullying thing kept crossing, you know, because that's the heart of it, not just the bullying thing, but kids trying to stand up for themselves and be themselves and not being tortured by, 
being oppressed by something, you know. I mean, personally, I think I've lived through that, so I I have a hard time with that. And we've heard that story a billion times. Oh, of course, of course. And it's always the same story. Like, you know, stick up for yourself and things will be better. You know, the bully will move on to somebody else. And I agree. I am just as happy in any movie to see a bad guy get the shit crap right out of him. I'm not opposed to violence in that way (laughs) at all, but I don't know. But and, o- overall, I know last week we watched 10,000 BC and we really didn't enjoy it. Overall, <laughs> this week I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself. it. I enjoyed so, the, yes. I it's, not, it. it's not like high-grade entertainment or anything. I can't no. say that. It's got a message. It's not epic movie or scary movie. It's I did what you did middle. sometimes. I put myself to be like a 12-year-old kid, boy, watching it in my mind. Like, um... What would be funny, you know, like when they're sitting there and they're supposed to be like meditating, and, yeah. the, and they get their eyes closed, and, one and, they're sitting, and the one's boobies, penis. and they all giggle. <laughs> you know, what I mean, <laughs> that's funny. That's cute. It's funny, you know, and yeah, and it's not offensive, really. No, no, I actually thought it'd be a good one for uh, you know any age, really. Uh, there's a little bit of swear a little bit. Yeah, me, not me- mega cussing, but there's some things, isn't there? Which oh, is... didn't you hate the stepdad and the two little bratty stepbrothers? Oh my god. Yeah. Ugh. But they, you were supposed to. It was yeah. it, they were over the top hateable. And that's the question too. What if you're that guy and you're in the audience yeah. watching it, and it's like you're making a fool? No, this dad was well. Well, the gangly. What's the kid called? The gangly one. Uh, Wait. Yeah, Wade. Yeah, Wade. Real skinny. His family. He has two twin brothers who are like Stepbrothers. Yeah, they're like eight year olds. Ten, no, ten year olds. Probably maybe, ten. Yeah. Who are being groomed to be little jocks by the father, who's an asshole. Like, so there's scenes around the dinner table where the two little brothers and the father just give Wade a hard time for being yeah. a nerd. Because Wade didn't care about sports and working out or anything like that. And so... And he has some funny lines. I even hate it. the mother because it's like they don't even make the mother... No, she's she just... This puts up with that crap. Oh, see, things like that would... That would spoil a little bit for me for but, like five or six minutes and I'd be like, okay, whatever. There were some pretty funny lines around those tables though about the the kids say, when he said to the kids, have you got the sweat? The yeah. Man yeah. Sweat coming <laughs> we don't have, have the high school stink. Yeah. <laughs> there is some funny stuff there. But, yeah. And they're obviously made to be hateable, that family, aren't they? Every All the family's hateable apart from Wade, so... But in general, I enjoyed it. And uh, these kind of comedies... The... Could start to get old because there yes. seems to be more and more of them now, doesn't they? Like I agree it, completely. Um, but at the moment, they've not outlived the welcome. But I'm sure it's going to come. Same as, like you said, John Hughes movies outwore their time yeah. and place. So, And these are nothing new. They've been made throughout all the decades. It's just this is this version of it. What, what are we in? The, I mean, what is this? What's this decade? Yeah, what's it called? Like, it's not the 80s. The O's. Yeah, it doesn't really... <laughs> we're in the O's. It was the 80s, the 90s, and now we're in the O's. It's not right. I don't even know what it's called. That's, what, That's a good question. When we look back, do we say, do you remember in the O's <laughs> when we watched Drillbit Taylor? You have to say the year. You'd have to say, remember back in 2000. It's not right, though, Because if this is your coming-of-age decade, like ours was the 80s, Did you say the millennium? No, because that's a thousand years. Remember back in that one millennium? That was great. What do you say? Well, I'm talking about... What do you say next... In the next ten years? Teens, right? Yeah, because ten to... Yeah. It still doesn't sound right. No, Nothing sounds right Until like the, the 80s 20s. and the 90s. <laughs> yeah, the 20s is right, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, okay, so going off topic there, there's a couple of... There's 20 years there where it's all wrong. 
You have to just refer to that year specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never remember. You'll be like, 2000 and... Because uh... when you say 80s, we all know, boom. Yeah, know somewhere in there. We say 60s, 50s, you remember, four, every decade has a personality. You say, do you remember watching Top Gun in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> you don't say yeah. it was in 1980-whatever, 7. Unless right? you're a nerd boy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic. But, uh... How about the house, though? we got to mention that. Because I knew instantly. Oh, yeah, the the end scene, there's a party in a house. The house is the house from? I'm not sure that now that I think about it, we should say it, because it will kind of give away the end. So never mind. Okay, it's the house from another movie <laughs> from the 80s. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Was it the 80s? Yes. Originally. Okay. The first one. The first one, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Look for that. <laughs> you'll, you'll see the house and you'll... Now we've said, you'll go, oh yeah. As the crowd is coming out of a house. Yeah. There's also a nice homage shot to Ferris Bueller yes, in this movie. Yes, that was obvious. Instant Yeah, homage. instant. The instant for me too. <laughs> the boys running through the yard, two girls on the ground. In the bikinis. In the bikinis. And then the boys come back, hi. Yeah, um, like Ferris does hi, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> but um, that was cool. I just, you know, throwing things in like that is cool when you're a child. Yeah, because if you are our age, but you have like a 12, 14 year old kid that you're watching it with, you'd be like, oh. If you're not, like, you know, if you're yeah. like us. The only thing it was missing was the yellow music over that scene. Yeah. Just oh, the music was something I was going to ask you about. Because they stuck a lot of, it seemed to me, inappropriate a lot. Just sort of like the latest whatever. And they even mentioned that in the extra. Yeah, like Fallout Boy or something. Yeah, they just take whatever's li- being listened to and slap it on top. In fact, which doesn't appeal. It doesn't really fit. One of the guys, yeah, like you say, one of the guys said that. That when the, mm-hmm. when the person in charge was saying... What music they should put on? And they oh, would that's just so say, last whatever, year. Whatever's in that week, it, we don't know. Yeah, whatever. so that means like you've got the movie ready, you've done your editing, whatever's and then somebody hot. looks at the charts that week and go, "Oh, here," and they cut and paste it on the top. Yeah, which, <laughs> that, I guess that happens though. Yeah, because this trying to now we know it because then on MTV when they go Drill Pit Taylor featuring the music of Fallout Boy, they do that, don't they? It's yeah. like well, it's it's really um. So I felt it was inappropriate, but if it's popular with the kids... None of it really... None of it stuck in... I didn't think, oh, I love that scene where there was, there was that piece of music. A bit of rapping, bit of... A little bit of rapping, yeah. That was my rap interpretation. But none of it kind of uh, resonated, because I don't remember any But when you think of Ferris Bueller... Yeah, you know, all those tunes. Yeah. So, let's move on to the overall? cast. Well, overall, I say... I, no, we're not going overall. That's right at the very end. Okay. We're moving on to the cast. Owen Wilson, who we mentioned as Drillbit Taylor. There's not a lot to say about Owen Wilson. He is Owen Wilson, right? There's some sadness with him last year, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if this was before or after that. I'm this was before. made in, It says it was filmed in 2007. So it must have been before. And he's fine. I mean, he's, he's he's not got as much personality, but then his character is. You know, he's a guy who left the army. He's homeless. He's just sort of like, like nothing in his life and so he's kind of on the lowdown he's a bit of a smart he plays ass. that character because you can imagine him as that he does fit in that character to me laid back like a yeah, chancer a, he's like a chancer with a heart yeah exactly <laughs> that's the tagline isn't it? Yeah. but anyway and he's alright I mean I like him I want to see him in and I like stuff. Owen Wilson I do like him more in I like him in the Royal Tenenbaums for instance I like him Shanghai in ha- Shanghai Nights and Noon he was pretty funny yeah even Behind Enemy Lines was pretty cool for for what it was, you know. Yeah. And he and he was like the Bruce Willis character in that one, like the big action hero, wasn't he? Mm. So he's been through his stages of stuff. He is a movie star, I guess. Well, yeah. Did you just think of that? Did yeah. You well, realize? I'm just thinking he's always a <laughs> peripheral. It just on me. He's always a peripheral oh, kind of guy. But, a movie star. No, he's not really easy. 
Um, moving on to the kids. So the first one, Nate Hartley. Wedding Crashers. That was funny. Yes. Vince Vaughn was the funniest part of that for me, though. So Nate Hartley as Wade. This is one of the kids. Yeah, the, the skinny kid. kid. Not all these kids were good. I don't. I just oh, they're fantastic. All of them. I'll just mention them all. Nate Hartley, Troy Gentile, and David Dorfman. So that's Wade, Ryan, and Emmett. They work perfectly together. I think that whoever was directing the youngest kid was just making him that one was way over the top. Yeah, way too much. He was too much of a cartoon of a little nerdy kid. Better without that kid. If I was thinking about it, I think just two kids would have been fine. If they'd made him, this is what I thought. I was watching it because the other two aren't shy or quiet or they're intimidated by the bully, but they still have it in them to kind of stand up for themselves. Even in the beginning, the skinny kid in the very beginning stands up to the bully. And that's why the bully starts targeting them. So they have it in them already, right? Well, then there's another kind of kid who gets bullied a lot. Not just the skinny kid or the fat kid, which is the two main kids here. But there's like little shy, kind of seemingly weak kids who just sort of keep to themselves. Very clever. But they get picked on too. Well, if that little kid had been one of those, maybe a little bit shy and a little bit afraid. But he was Then when he does have his little crescendo, it's even a bigger deal. But all through the movie, he's like a clown. Outrageous kind of all Yeah, and his voice was like this, and that drove me crazy. And he always wore um, a musical t-shirt like Rent or Cats. He was kind (laughs) of flamboyant, you know. Yes, he was like a Broadway kid. So I would like to have seen, just in that instance, to represent another kind of a kid who gets bullied, maybe. But, obviously, God, it wasn't there when they cast the parts or wrote it. But all three kids in general, I mean, yeah, take that kid. It wasn't anything to do with the kid. It was what was written for him. He was told to be Yeah, exactly. Goofball. Exactly. But the, I thought they are the stars of the show. In fact, Moe Mosen did... If that plot device didn't exist, he didn't really need to be No. In it. And the, the big kid, he swore a lot. So if I was his yeah. mother, I'd be like, oh dear. It was funny. <laughs> he had to say a lot of cuss words. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... I don't know. Like... Knocked up. You know, the stoner kids in Knocked Up. Hmm. They're like an older version of these kids. I can imagine these kids being those kids. Oh, I disagree. Stoner kids were like losers. Stoner guys. Yeah, but... Come on, these kids aren't I losers. I don't actually mean the losers. I mean the... You know, the actors and the actors. They're hmm. like mini versions of them. And I'm not talking about the... Characters. Yeah, more like the actual personalities of the kids. Hmm. They're like miniature versions of those kids. And you know, you know which kids I mean, the guy... Kind well, of that, that gives you a clue of how they actually wrote the character then. Because What's-His-Face was in that, and he, he probably just... He probably did it on purpose. So, uh, moving on to Alex Frost as Philkins. Now, this is the bully guy, and I, all the way through, was looking at him going, I know that kid, I know that kid. And then I looked, and I was thinking he was going to be in a billion things that I've watched. I was thinking it was like Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift or something. But as a peripheral person, not yeah, as a Yeah, something like that, you know. But it wasn't. It was the movie Elephant by Lars von Trier, I believe. And that was the one that was focused around the school shooting. Not particularly the school shooting. That was, Right, was, a school shooting. Just yeah. a school shooting of two kids and follows Now, it's a real kids. haunting movie. Cause it's very, weirdly very, it's, That's a serious movie. It's a recommendation for this week, to be honest. Right. Because well, after, after watching that, the way it's done, it's kind of... It is a drama, but it's done on a, like a very fly on the wall. Just elephant, elephant. Yeah, you, there's just scenes of you're following these kids on the whole day of this. Yeah, you, behind behind particular kids, you're right behind them. The camera follows them. Just there's walking no. Sc- and it's talking. almost uh, ad libbed. 
like a lot of the t- just people talking and, it, and stuff going on. It's le- with like a haunting soundtrack, and it's leading up to what these two main kids, which is why this kid is one of the main kids who are plotting a school shooting and then carry it out. And it's you watching them through the whole school. And day. it's really it's it's uh, very tra- it's a, hard to watch. Like, it is hard Colum- to watch. Columbine as well. It's not based on Columbine. No, but it might all of those kind of school shootings yeah. and it's sort of a like a study of. How they come, but not not Hollywoody. It's totally not. It's, it's like in, an independent. It's movie. very um, art house. And style this kid movie. who plays the bully in this movie is one of the kids who's the. But it is a great movie, Elephant. It's um, by the guy who did. It's Lars von Trier, but it, that I believe. But he's the guy who did. What was the Jerry? Jerry as well. Yeah. Which is another. That was a really. That's good a good one. double bill. Yeah. Jerry and Elephant. Yeah. So quite the, different from this movie. Oh yes, <laughs> both very different from this movie. So moving on, and, but that kid was good in this too as a bully because he really did come across as an ass. But it's not hard to be an ass if you. Oh no, it'd be you know. real easy to be, act like a jerk. But I mean, he is a real jerk, isn't he? Oh he's, yeah, he's a jerk who is. What do they call it? They called it something in the Emancipated movie. teen. Yeah, he's no parents in his the parents, country. Yeah, the, his parents, they're obviously rich. They live somewhere else. He is then on his own in this big fancy house. With his fancy car, fancy house. Yeah, and he's but just he's a, a high school kid. So then there's Leslie Mann. I only wrote down a few of the people, but there's Leslie Mann as Lisa. Mm, you like her. Yeah, that is Judd Apatow's I heard wife. your belly. I'm hungry, I guess. Rumbling. That, that's Judd Apatow's wife, right? Yeah, but she's really good in everything yeah. she's in. I'm and like, I always remember in Knocked Up where she... Uh, what is it that she vomits? <laughs> it wasn't Knocked Up, it was 40-Year-Old Virgin. 40-Year-Old Virgin, what is it that she vomits? The drink that she had all night. Yes. Wasn't it? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, totally. It's, well, anyway, she baths um, her yeah. drink up. She was also in Knocked Up, though, wasn't she, as a friend? Uh, knocked Up, yes. She was also in the other one. The sister of... Knocked up. Oh, that was knocked up, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then there is... And she's good. She's actually really funny. I like her. She, Yeah, she's kind of slipping into that same, you know... She's kind of like the naughty teacher, sort of. And In this one. Very attractive and kind of giddy, but... And then there's uh last person, Lisa Ann Walter, as uh, Ryan's mom, Dolores. I like you her. You liked her, so I wrote it down. I like her. I think I've liked her in most things I've ever seen her in, and she's funny. She's kind of real to me. You know, like, down-to-earthy kind of real... She's kind of like the smart mouth mom. She sounds a bit like she's got a Jersey accent. And her kid is the big kid, Ryan. Yeah, she... she I just like her. I mean, if you like her, you might... She's only in it briefly, but... And then the director of this movie, moving on to the director, is Stephen Brill. Now, I thought it was Judd Apatow. No, Judd Apatow's producer. It's produced by... Stephen Brill's the director. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen Brill has done what else? Now, I don't know what else he's done. So is that the guy who's in the extras that we see all the time? Yes. So we're going to look up what else he's... Oh. oh uh, he's been actor. He's been an actor in several things. But I di- thought he looked familiar. Director. He's directed Drillbit Taylor. Yeah, really? Haven't heard of that one. <laughs> what? what? 10,000 BC? <laughs> Worse. Oh, no. <laughs> Say it isn't so? Li- no, that's... Little Nicky. 
Oh dear, that's right. I think I've actually looked him up before. And Mr. Deeds, which was... That's where all that comedy um, comes from that I find really smart-ass and not funny. That's Sadler stuff. Is it because I don't have testosterone in my body and I don't have balls? Anyway, he also directed Heavyweights, which I really Heavyweights was really good. Yeah, he did. And that, you can see that one. In a bit of influence of that one in here. But that one's better. Because he directed that one. Heavyweights is better. Oh yeah. That's my recommendation for the week then. Heavyweights. Because it's really funny. Yeah. It's really fun. It's older. 1995. There you go. It's a good one, though. It's funny. Um, funny. And he also did Without a Paddle and and Drill Bit Tell. Without a Paddle. Isn't that one of those really bad comedies? I do not know. (laughs) He also, interestingly enough, is an actor, this director, in Drill Bit Taylor. He was the doctor. Which doctor was that? We didn't see any doctors. Apparently he was the doctor in Drill Bit Taylor. Yes, we did. (laughs) I don't remember. And we only just watched it one hour ago. <laughs> oh, okay. that's not a good sign. Okay, he was Ben's boss in Knocked Up. He was the violin player in Mr. Deeds. And he was a cop at the crime scene in Joe Dirt. Oh, Joe There's Dirt. a classic. He was also in Big Daddy, The Wedding Singer. So he's obviously a Sandler um, friend. So anyway, that's the director. The director did... I thought it was a... Well, I don't know. It was a bit disjointed in parts. But a I think in bit, general yeah. it was... Yeah, I agree. I agree. It didn't feel like it cut together very well. There's some, like I say, that middle part. There's something wrong there because it's, I started to lose interest. But then bit. I gained interest back, so that was good because I didn't fully go off. Because we didn't care about the whole little relationship and dynamic between um, him and his bum friends. Yeah, that was That's it. what it was because, and I've said it, I think I say it a lot, if you don't care about a character that much, because I didn't really care about Stephen think- Taylor. I didn't care if he turned around no. and became the hero or didn't. I cared about the kids and being able to go to school the next day after all this drama and hold their heads high and go on with their lives. And I that's, why, that's why I said at the beginning that yeah, we know it's called Drill Bit Taylor, but it didn't necessarily need that character, did yeah. it? A movie about Dribbit Taylor would have been the movie of him actually getting out of the army, like he tells you. And then being on the run or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That you know, would have been yeah. a story of Dribbit That would have been funny, maybe. So we need a prequel now. Or not. <laughs> so then we've got the writers of this movie, because I wrote the... We don't normally go for the writers, but no. it's written by Seth Rogen and Christopher Brown, who are, seem to be writing all kinds of... And Christopher Brown in that extra, he said when he was a kid, he would punch his friends. No wonder he has that kind of humor. I don't yeah. find it funny. Seth Rogen um, seems to be everywhere right now. That's just because people clutch on to some things, they don't do? they? There's nothing great about him. I mean, he's all right, but I mean, there's nothing I, that I, like <laughs> attitude. I don't, I don't get why it's such a big deal. I mean, I enjoy watching him Kevin's, a little bit. Kevin Smith's new movie yeah, is he's a the little star. bit. So we'll see how it comes on. See, I love Kevin Smith, so I'm looking forward to his new movie. And Seth Rogen's the <laughs> actual star of the movie, so hopefully, hopefully I've not had Kevin enough of him by that. brings out what I think would be the best of him, which was in 40-Year-Old Virgin, because I particularly He was really him. funny in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Because in little bits and bits and pieces. Now, Knocked Up, he was He's all right, really too. He's really good in that, too. But They're the best ones. <laughs> I think keep it at that a level of his personality coming I don't know. I'm not trying to insult the guy, but... You know. So moving on to the uh, Blu-ray, what do you think of the cover? We're just it's examining misleading the cover. completely. It's what's his face? It's, Owen Wilson with his foot kicking up, pouting. Oh yeah, he's got that supermodel. <laughs> nice, like, like um, supermodel pout. Yeah, yeah, and he's got his boot up kicking. to the camera, and he's kicking ass for the Lord. 
<laughs> okay, so this is the um, extended survival edition. Meaning that it's an unrated version of the movie that's longer than the theatrical version, I guess. But um, it's on Blu-ray. Maybe that's, oh, maybe that's maybe the that, part. Maybe the pacing like is screwed up because it's too long. Mm. Maybe the theatrical version is like 20 minutes short. Now, we don't norm- I don't normally like it when they cut out bits to pep up the pacing. No, I think they needed to sometimes, be. yeah. So we've got um, the Blu-ray looked great. It was a good movie. It was nice. You know, it, this is a movie that all takes place in the daytime. It yeah, all the inappropriate music sounded really good. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get, so on the Blu-ray disc and the DVD, you get commentary by uh, Stephen Brill, Christopher Brown, Troy Gentile, Nate Hartley, and David Dorfman. So. Mm-hmm. Those are the kids and the director and the writer. Right? Yeah, and what's really funny, it says this commentary is in HD. It's audio. Is it? Are you saying it's in good quality? Is it picture in picture? We didn't even look because we just didn't No, it isn't picture in picture. But anyway. The, uh, then you get the writers get a chance to talk. And that's where I said to you, this is kind of like a podcast, but we're watching it. Mm-hmm. So that's um, a... Oh, the slideshow of stills yeah, from the movie. It's the director on the telephone with Seth Rogen. With stills from the movie in high definition. Yeah. In a, in a <laughs> what is really a window slideshow. Because yeah, really, yeah. They kind of zoom in, in, then they zoom out. Not to say it wasn't around. interesting, because the conversation was pretty good. Yeah. I, I I don't find it was beneficial, but it was interesting enough, I guess. No, it wasn't interesting. I've not actually me. seen it. Okay, I'll be honest. It wasn't interesting Okay, let me, me tell you, I've never seen an extra like that. That's the first time. A conversation. Is that what makes it interesting? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, then, I wasn't that interested. Then we get the 19 deleted and extended scenes. Now, they vary a bit. Some were actually really fun. They're all... Fully polished and finished. None of them are um, time-coded or anything. They're fully HD mm. and everything. Was there any there that stuck out to you? No. Yeah, if those were by, if those 19 scenes were in the movie, it would, would make it two hours, and that would, would be too long for this. Yeah. Okay, so we've also got the Linorama in HD. Which was just more lines more, of the movie. Yeah, just... Just like... Lines that probably to the director and writer were just really hilarious. And hilarious! So, and some... Um, but they weren't. ad kind of stuff as well. Mm. Different takes. Um, then there's the gag reel in HD. You know what that is. It's just a hokey... like it's some funny stuff. Yeah. Redoing shots. And then there's a a bunch... Well, that's what the survival edition's about There's now. lots. There's, there's extended version of the movie, which we saw, right? There's the wrap-off, the sprinkler day... Bully, directing kids, all these stuff together, all there, fly on the wall, on the set. Um, right, watching you're the movie watching go from down. behind the camera to see how it all was made. All pretty good. Behind, all, the ba- making of, basically, but all chopped up. Yeah, all chopped up into tiny. I'd rather have a whole like yeah. hour long thing than loads of them. I, I do think sometimes instead of making an hour long thing, they just like chop them up and then it looks like you get more on the back of these boxes. I'd prefer to just sit down and watch a whole hour. Yeah, and if thing. they want to give give that big long one chapters that you can skip through, that's fine because some people are impatient and they only want to look at how they made the punching scene. You know where the kids kept punching each other to get ready, yeah. or the day when they turned on the sprinklers in the school. I'm sure that was one of those days when you know, everybody Sprinkle looked. It. Yeah. So. And then you get the real Don Danny McBride, which mm-hmm. was the actor that we didn't mention earlier that you don't particularly like. He plays one of uh, Drillbit's bum friends. It's just a day on the set with him, the actor. And he's just being a smartass. Yeah, why do they make it such a big deal about him? Because I find him really kind like of... Him. even in, And uh, even in the other movie we talked about, he was in... Uh, he was the jerk brother in... 
Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, with yeah another. And I felt like comedy. Ugh, he just he was awful in that too. And he in this plays, one, he's not. He plays an ass pretty well. I guess that's why he's been. Chosen. He's very smart. You know what? This, the word just occurred to me about this type of comedy, this kind of thing. Even though it's supposed to be about kids and stuff, it's the director, the writer, all these dudes that are our age, we're approaching middle age, and they're very self indulgent, making all these jokes that they think are hilarious and funny, and it's not mm-hmm. always. Do you want to read the quote in the on the front of the box? I can't see it. I'm well, old. Do you want to read the, qu- the quote on the box? Uh, you know when they always put a quote? This one's by Don Sanchez of ABC TV. Would you like to read it in your best cat from Big Brother? Oh, sure. <laughs> Owen Wilson is hilarious. Now, that's not racist, by the way. That's just... No, that's a person. That is a person. Now she talks on a show. So that's English Big Brother, Cat. English Big Brother, yeah. Yeah. And she's a funny... Where's she from? Philippines or somewhere? But she's funny. No, she's... Korean. Chinese. So she sounds like, hilarious. Well, she says, I'm trying to learn new words. And that's my first word. And she spells it and she says it and she still wants to say it right. And that's how she says it. So wrapping up the Joe Bit Taylor extended survival edition. Why do we have to have like long names? Because it's just Joe Bit Taylor, right? Because there are Hollywood twats there who just try if to... If we call it the extended everything. survival edition and we put loads of extras... But they're only really short, but there's 20 of them. Then we can... People will think they're getting value. Yeah, why not just say it's a kind of a funny movie. And not kind of funny. It has funny parts. It's a funny movie. Coming of age. Um, Owen Wilson. And three great up-and-coming kids who are really good. There you go. Yeah. So, overall, I would recommend it, unlike last week's 10,000 BC. I definitely recommend this one. It's... Do you think we're just coming off of something? <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's. I think it's a... You know, it's a middle-of-the-road kind of... Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit better in terms of comedies, if I'm putting it in with other comedies. Me is very average. Yeah, me, just maybe a little bit more than... I'm trying to think of comedies where I go... <laughs> ah. uh, a lot of Adam Sandler Say It ones. Isn't So is a zero. Work your way up from there. Yeah. Say It Isn't So is a zero. I'm just trying to think of my ten of comedies would be... like. Um, knocked up, maybe. I mean, forty year old version, or anything by Monty Python, obviously, because I love that kind of stuff. That would be your ten. That would yeah. be your ten, yeah. So yeah, this fits about five. So yeah, middle. You think it's even half of Monty Python? Yeah, I, I mean, true. in terms of movies today, I I can't deny I sat and enjoyed it for. I enjoyed hours. it. So I didn't go. Oh my god! I wish this was over like last week. And <laughs> I had a few laughs. I thought the kids were hysterical. It wasn't, it wasn't like hysterical 100% of the time, but there were scenes that were And here's my thing. I'd rather have seen more or less of Owen Wilson, but the amount that was in there, it just didn't seem right. If he was in like every scene or something, that would have been cool. Or if he wasn't in that at all, his character, I mean, not him personally, because I like him, but. But, um. I liked it. I I don't know I say rent. I would, uh, yeah. And it's not profane or anything. It's got some cuss words, but. No, I think kids could watch it as well. As long as they are not encouraged to go out and start Bully. beating the crap out of each How long other. Is, yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to wring the necks of anybody who encourages their kids to be bullies and violent. It makes me... Listen to that. I could wring their neck. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a contradiction in terms, young lady. I am not a hypocrite. I am just saying. Okay, so thanks, <laughs> thanks to Paramount for supplying us with that one. That was uh, fun. 
Unlike last week. It was fun. Um, so moving on to our contest, you're going to do your whole contest spiel. Podcast contest. Oh, that's not it. That's Burn Notice <laughs> Season 1. And the question is? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, name five shows with Bruce... Five TV shows, TV series, with Bruce Campbell in them in some way, shape, or form. And uh, you can send that. That's Bruce Campbell. Okay. You can send an email to ascully at ascully.com. And in the subject line, put podcast contest. <laughs> What's the name? Well rehearsed there. <laughs> burn notice. Okay. <laughs> podcast contest burn notice. Okay. So, and we've got two copies to give away. So you could be a lucky. Was it Burn Notice or Bruce Campbell? The, the, the TV show is Burn Notice. Okay, I'm just making sure you get the right your email Season in the right one. folder. Season <laughs> one, burn notices. Good. Okay, okay. So moving on to video games, have we been playing any? You haven't, right? No, I've actually been playing a few this week. One was Wall E. Wall E. I made some more characters in my creature creator, but that, and Austin played it and he really, or played with it and really liked it. So. Creature uh, creator is a success with the 11 year old crowd. That's the spa creature creator, which we talked about last mm-hmm. two weeks, and it's still fun. So, but I played Wall-E on the 360. I also saw the PS2 version for a little bit. 360 version seems superior. It's not a brilliant game. Yeah, whoever says that they're the same, totally wrong. Is PlayStation that, 2 version mm, looks crappy. Even the 360 version, though, is obviously a, like, let's make a game because there's a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to come out at the same time and let's not really put much effort. Cash cow. Yeah. Um... The problem with it is, a lot of kids would get it, won't they? You know how kids work. Um, like, if Austin's in the store, and we're, and I'm there, and he's looking through all the Xbox games, and he's drawn to the cover because it says Spider-Man. Yeah. And I know damn well that that Spider-Man game is really bad. But it doesn't matter to kids, they just want it, don't they? And they pay the yeah. $60, and they get home, and then they're disappointed. I think the pe- kids would be disappointed with this, because the he cover... He even said, because I asked him, I said, did you... I said, I didn't really like it. I mean... I watched him play Shrek for like two weeks in a row, and it was fun. He yeah. was enjoying it. That's what makes it really fun. There's lots of different things. It's similar, but better. Yep. And then I asked him the day after he'd played that and then moved on. And then he played the Hulk, which was crappy mm. kind of, right? But he loved just destroying everything the for Hulk like was, hours and hours. The Hulk was way better than So Wall-E. last week I said, did you? I didn't really like that Wally. What would you think? And he was like, hmm, not, not really. <laughs> so kids know, yeah. right? After the fact. I mean, it's not... It looks well and stuff, but it's the gameplay is pretty uninspired. And you said it was hard as well. Like yeah, I was saying there's no way kids will get through it. It just gets like insanely hard at one point. And I was thinking, how can kids do this? Like, certain yeah. age kids are not going to get through. You know, because like, you know that eight-year-olds are going to like that game. They're going to want that game after they've come out from seeing the movie. It's not like, say, a Shrek game that we've played. No, it's a bit more grown-up. Pretty linear. It's and puzzles, which are actually kind of a bit brain teasing at points for an adult. So you know. Hmm. Um, and then there's Battlefield Bad Company, which I finished this week, the single player game. Kind of an interesting story in the single player. Pretty generic, but still fun as a shoot as far as shooter go. Multiplayer, brilliant. Still playing it. What two weeks now? Yeah. I think I've got 24 hours on the online clock, so that usually means the game's pretty good. So. I happen to play it most nights with my friend online, and uh, it works well, and I'll probably be playing it for the next few weeks, because there's nothing else coming out. Um, Did you want to mention, PlayStation 3 trophies came out in the last couple weeks, didn't they? That, that well, thing? there's a big thing about PlayStation 3 trophies, actually. Um, okay, so 
360 has the achievement system, which is every game has a set of achievements that you can get. So say it is kill 100 guys in a shooting game. When you kill 100 guys, an achievement unlocked notice pops up on your screen and then it goes into a tally called your gamer score. And you get achieve these points and then when people look at your gamer score they can see kind of how much of a gamer you are, how much you play, how skilled you are. So PlayStation 3 doesn't have this kind of thing but now it does. And they've called it the trophy system. It's actually the same thing. <laughs> this is identical. Uh, it's in the new firmware, which isn't out yet. Okay, this is the controversy part. This week, they put the new firmware 2.40 out. And that's where the trophies come in. It's in this new firmware that you update on your PlayStation 3. Well, I updated mine. It all went fine. But then there was loads of people on message boards saying, oh my god, my PlayStation 3 doesn't work anymore. So Sony pulled the update off the server. Now mine's updated. I've got trophies, you've seen it. I actually yeah. got a few trophies. So nothing went wrong with mine, but a lot of people did. But Sony still haven't put it back. So 2.40 doesn't actually exist yet. Unless you've already got it and it didn't Unless you got it in that machine. four hours that it was available. But you didn't cause you any problems. Not at all. <laughs> so I don't know. Sony haven't put it back though and it's what five days later so I don't know what's going on what if yours crashes and burns well it crashes while it's updating oh I see okay yeah, so it might have been like a server issue at Cosmo yeah computer. mine actually see what I did with mine was <clears throat> I downloaded it from Sony's website put it on a USB key and updated it that way I usually do it that way because it's quicker that's a good tip for people who haven't done it yeah but it isn't it's a good there. tip in general if you don't want to just Go to your PS3 and press update from the internet, and it takes forever to download because oh, their yeah, servers are slow. Right. If you go to their website, the the firmware updates are 125 megabytes, which is pretty big. If you're on dial-up, you have no hope, right? So, I just get it from their website because it is there on the main page. Put it on a USB key. You've got to put it in a folder on the USB key called PS3 in capital letters, and then inside the PS3 folder, you have to make another folder called Update in capital letters. And then put the firmware in that folder. When you push it into the PS3, into the USB port, it automatically knows there's an update there and it does it for you. It's pretty handy. It is handy. And that's the way I did it. And maybe that's why mine didn't crash. So, trophies is fun. I've got two. It's only supported by one game at the moment, Super Stardust HD, which seems a bit odd to me. Like, I would have thought they would have patched it into all the other games. Mm. Why not, you know? But anyway, it works on one game. I got two trophies yesterday, uh, the day before, and it pops up. Trophy unlocked. So it's very similar. I guess if Xbox people See, like I don't it, think gaming is just for gaming anymore. It's like they're bribing you. That's my opinion of achievements and that. I really do think that. I like the achievements. Because you will play games now and get games now that you would never play in a million years. Not even try. Only because you know you're going to get, I'll you get can a, play I'll through it. I'll get a few hundred pints out of it. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> now that is just, that's shifty. Well, that shifty. it actually encourages me to, like I might not, be, like I might never have tried Wally, but I thought maybe, maybe it's fun. And I played, you know, five or six hours of it, and now I know I'm done with it. But it was fun while it lasted, and I had and a bit of an, some achievements. I had a little bit of an incentive to try, right? So Exactly. So and it's I don't an incentive mind. to spend your money, which I think just drives me bananas. Yeah. I don't like that about it. It dro- throws your money down the drain, and then you're like, well, it wasn't that great, but whatever. And then you put it on the shelf, and that's it. Or you exactly. Give it back. <laughs> exactly. You're such a hardcore. Okay. Or, or whatever you call your 
So moving on to, oh, I did a little bit of, I uh, got a new center speaker stand for my, yeah. cent- so we've been doing, I've been doing the home theater in little, uh, we've built a home theater downstairs, we've talked about it before, but my center speaker, which is quite a beast, it's a Polk audio speaker, pretty heavy, it's been sat on, what's it been sat on? A wooden box with handles. Like a drawer from an old... Is no, it's not a drawer, it's a box. Yeah, anyway, it was... You hate antiques and you hate wood. <laughs> <laughs> so the antique wood box was like your scourge the whole time. It's like, I really want to get rid of the box. Really, do we really have to use that box? Or yeah. really, do we have anything else other than that box? Was like, anyway, the wooden box the probably box? lasted a year. But anyway, I had to get a center channel speaker and I got the Sanus... I'm looking at the box. Sanus Systems... <laughs> Something. Well, anyway, it's a hefty center speaker, and it looks nice. It matches the speakers we've got, and um, it holds it at the right height, and it's, it's got spikes, and it digs into the carpet. It's pro. Yeah. I got it's it from Amazon. from manly one of, looking. Got it from one of these. Uh, it's supposed to be like a hundred and something dollars. I got it from Amazon, a bit cheaper. Is if that you, a commercial? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you go to Amazon sometimes, when they have stuff that's not sold by Amazon, mm. it's sold by somebody else. But they direct you to them. Amazon take the money and then give it to them, or however it works. It's a little nerve-wracking because you never know. No, because the, cause the company was called Parts Express, which doesn't... I'm not like, oh, wow. Um. <laughs> Does it ring with confidence? Because when I... See, when I'm going to Amazon... And yet, from the time you ordered it... It came really it, quick. Very quick. Because we were only talking about it the other night at work, when I was at work, Friday night. Hmm. No, not Friday. Because you got it. I ordered Saturday. it probably on Wednesday. You got it Saturday. Yeah, you, you uh, exactly. And it was a holiday on Friday. Yeah. That is Parts Express right there. See, yeah, so... <laughs> Are they across the street or something? So when you buy something from Amazon, you if you don't look, you probably just think you're getting it from Amazon, but 99% of the time... It always not. tells you. Well, if, so you don't, you know. if you don't really look and just press add to cart, hmm. you can end up buying and not knowing where you got it from. But... They were really fast. In fact, I um, didn't receive any shipping notice at all. And I was going to email the company and say, why haven't you shipped this yet? And then I went outside on Saturday night, sat yeah, there on the porch. You I said I like, got oh. a big box. So it was not, it's good and it works well and, you know, keep keep good. In fact, on AVS Home Theatre Forums where I go, a lady from AV Home Theatre Magazine or something like that wants me to do an interview. Really? About building a home theatre on a budget. <gasps> Fabulous. And she wants photographs, and she wants me to tell her what equipment I used and how much it all cost. And the person that built your screen for you? Yes, yeah, so uh, I've emailed her back and not, not heard cool. it, but it sounds interesting. So maybe we'll be in a magazine. Nice. Um, moving on to the Doctor Who finale. Can we spoil it this week? I don't want to, but you it's your podcast. Because <laughs> the people who will be watching it in the next four or five weeks on regular sci-fi channel. Yeah, I get... Oh, all right then. Did if, you want it spoiled for you before you watched it? No, listen. Okay. If you're American, it hasn't been on yet. If you're English, you will have seen it if you're a Doctor Who fan. Okay, so if you're American, for the next, what, four minutes? <laughs> forward the podcast. I'm not going to be a part of this because some people can't forward. They're stuck. They're in the car. They're running. Okay, they're exercising. We will not, let's not discuss it. <laughs> Okay, moving on to... Other than it was really good. We did this last week, though. We, yeah. We hyped, it, we hyped it all up and then didn't discuss it. And even it. then, it's your thing, man. It's your choice. But uh, just let me ask you this. If you had accidentally seen or read or heard what yeah, happened... Yeah, but there's no accident. We're, we're talking here. We're saying, listen, don't listen to this next part. And then we can say what we want. Yeah. All right, then. So, 
let's go into it. Okay, so three week, <laughs> three week finale, pretty much. So we are talking about it. So if you're if you have time, yeah, we don't. We're not going to spoil the whole thing, but let's go at least. All right then, let's let's talk. We'll talk about the last episode next week. Okay. Well, That'll let's talk perfect. about the one before it. The first half. The first. Well, the first two halves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got episode. Let me just get this straight in my head. Episode ten. Well, yeah, let's go with episode ten, which was the one where Donna got the thing on her back. Like okay, so bug. we need to explain this. Yeah. People... Do we explain it? Yes. Donna is the Doctor Who's latest um, companion, right? They're at like a market, and she's always been kind of like just a. She always says, I'm just a temp. I'm a nothing. She barely has a job. She's too old. She's like at that age where everybody's like, why aren't you married? She's kind of scatty-brained. Everybody thinks. She hooks up with the doctor. Not really, but, you know, then she's gone over the cosmos with him. And now they're at this little market. She goes into a little fortune teller place. The woman starts telling her fortune. And all of a sudden, she is in a whole different... She says to her, you need to make a different choice. Like, the day that she chose... Turn left, the episode Turn left, yeah. Turn left instead of right. Because that choice made her eventually meet the doctor. Whoever was controlling this fortune teller doesn't want her to meet the doctor in the past. They want to change all of history, right? From the time that she met the doctor. So, then all of a sudden, she's in that reality. She makes a different choice. Life goes different. So, this whole episode... Is, yeah, the whole episode is, is like a down, like the Empire Strikes Back episode. I call it. Yeah, it's a downer. So it's like everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Because in the beginning, we see the end of Torchwood. We see we the see end the of end the end Doctor. Of, the end of the Doctor. He dies because she wasn't there to meet him. The end of everything. The end of civilization. The end of a big world war thing, and uh, yeah, yeah, everything. It, it just goes to shit. The whole oh, because. She made a different. They went back in time, and she it's actually it. epic that episode. Like, it is because, really. like, and if you're a fan, they really like. They hint at things in the past, like other episodes that you'll go, "Oh yeah, that episode." Like an episode of a Doctor Who at Christmas, where a gigantic space cruiser was gonna hit Buckingham Palace, and the Doctor rescues it at the last minute. Well, it hits Buckingham Palace, right? Because the Doctor isn't there. <laughs> All the things All you've the seen things. over the last few. Four years, really. All the ba- yeah, since yeah, all yeah. those things go wrong. They the other way, they all anything that the doctor says is not saved anymore. So it's only since been- he met Donna, though. Yes. So no. in the last season, yeah, is the only time because it, before that, yeah, yeah, and the Torchwood thing, and yeah, because because there's an explosion in the sky, and Rose Tyler says to Donna, "That's the end of the Torchwood." Yeah, that yeah, um, Yanto, right, gave their lives, gave for their that. lives up there for that. Yeah, so it's. It's just cool. I thought it was a cool episode. And it even goes into, like... It even It's like a Nazi regime comes over England because they have to... All yeah. of London and all of Nor- and all of the southern England, is, all that stuff. Because it's not... Okay, so, yeah, it even goes as far as... There's... They evacuate all the people out. The da- oh, we can't mention the Daleks. Were they in that episode? Yes. In the streets. No, they weren't. Were they? Yeah, in the streets, the, the granddad and stuff. Yeah, totally. Like they, they were telling everybody to get in their houses and all that stuff, right? That was in the next ones. That, not that one. All right. So who was the, <laughs> who was the threat then? The threat didn't happen. It was because that ship hit Buckingham Palace. It blew. Oh up. yeah, yeah. It right, was like yeah. a nuclear. So, all right. Thing. So they moved everybody out of the cities into the 
small places. And because there's not enough room for everybody, anybody who's not really English... Not only that. It moved on to the other thing where those... The bad guys were putting that bad gas in all the cars and yeah, it was yeah. ruining the atmosphere and that killing everyone. That was an episode everyone. from a while ago. That was in the same thing. So all of that was happening because the doctor died. All these bad alien things were happening to the earth. Yeah, most of that, most uh, most things in this season went wrong. So, yes. so anyway, what I was saying was there was not enough room in these rural places where they resituate in all the British people. So anybody who's not fully British, maybe Iranian or Pakistani or whatever. Anybody, it was Italians that they met. They were being, yeah, they were being taken to um, everyone, America. Anybody who concentration wasn't British, camps. yeah. It, it was implied, anyway. Yeah, but and I was like, wow, they really went there. <laughs> they went there, you know. And then uh, the idea being, if the doctor's not here to save the world, so how does this all wrap up? Then it wraps up that. Um, through this, people keep saying to Donna in this sort of altered reality, what's that on your back? What's that on your back? And she doesn't ever, she doesn't see anything. But what's really there is like this giant insect that is warping her time. <laughs> if Bug. you don't watch Doctor Who, you're going to think we sound like crazy people. Mm. But it's like warping her reality and warping time around her. It wraps time around her so that the reality changes. And... Someone says to her, you're stronger than you think you are. You know, and she always thinks she's just nothing, nothing. And then she starts coming out of it. She realizes what's happening, shakes off this bug thing, and is back to the moment when she can make the right decision. And I mean, the the decision that leads her to... Well, she meets Rose Tyler. Rose Tyler. Yeah. They've invented something. Yeah. yeah. Rose was in a different dimension. Yeah. Now she's in our parallel universe. And that's, parallel. A, that's a previous Doctor Who's yeah. companion. So they hook up. So that's the beginning of them finding each other. Rose coming back at the end of that, and then... And then there's the season... The season finales are two-part, really. But when the... The point of that one... Was that to first one, stage this one up, really. Well, that wasn't part of the three. You keep confusing it. That was one, and then we had three different ones. That was one on its own. That was to kind of show you that Donna was very important. That she was more... That was episode 10. More of a uh, big deal. Left turn. Episode 11 was the... And then episode 12 was Journey's End. 13 was Journey's End. Oh. So, no, that is the one before these two. Oh. So, anyway, we're going... So, there was that one. Right. Which was turn left. Ten. And then there's... No, it was. It must have been 11, because it's 13 altogether. I'm telling you, that was her separate. And then the three-part finale were three separate things. From her thing. <laughs> no, because the end... No, it's not. Because at the end of that one is when the Doctor figured out that Bad Wolf was written everywhere. And then it went straight into this one, which is a two-parter. Right. We watched one and two. One, this last one was a 65-minute one. So anyway, the one before this week's mega ending... Was good. Really good, too. It was... What's the synopsis? Well, I, well, just let me say, it's fan service to the extreme. Every single character you ever cared about in Doctor Who this last four years, apart from the first Doctor. Yeah, no Christopher Eccleston. Appeared at some point, I would say, during these. And it's... I don't know. I've, I, these, it's epic. It's really epic. Yeah, these last two episodes were the best episodes. And normally shows get worse for me. Like I get fed up, like lost. I kind of lose interest. This actually was the best. Is did like, it kind of spark you even more again into Doctor Who? Like now we have to wait a whole year for another series, uh, more than a year. 
Yeah, if you've not seen it, and it's, this is coming up on American TV in the next three weeks, two weeks, this whole finale. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen Doctor Who, um, I say start at the beginning of Christopher Eccleston's season. Go and get the DVD. Yeah, definitely. Um, but if you can and you just want to see this, because this is a spectacle, these last two episodes, it might not mean a whole lot I'm to not, you. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it would have the same entertainment value because there's a lot of entertainment there with be, seeing the people from the past and, and understanding Torchwood, his relationships season. with people. Yeah, Torchwood. There's obviously it. a spin-off to this Doctor Who called Torchwood, which is another story altogether, but it twists into Doctor Who and, and this finale really twists it in there. So I would say go back and see... <laughs> Go back and these are seventy dollars a piece, but go and get Doctor Who season one. You can rent them. Season two, season three, and Torchwood season one and two. Watch all that and then watch this. <laughs> I mean, that's hard. That's <laughs> hard to say to somebody. It is, but but it's really, really worth it. It's so wraps the, the whole thing is a good whole experience. I think from the beginning with the different Doctor up to now, and and it really did. To me, it was the best. This was, like I said to you, I can't help feeling this is the best it's ever going to be. Ah, uh, so disagree. These last two episodes for me were exactly why Doctor Who's exciting to watch. Oh, and I disagree completely because I think Doctor Who's exciting because of the ideas of the possibilities of what all of existence is and the see to me you went, when I was a kid because I watched stuff. this when I was a kid. So why I wanted to sit down on the couch every Saturday night to see this was exactly like these kind of... Ep- when these episodes happened, I was a massive Dalek fan as a kid. I had little toy Daleks. I thought I they scared looked- you. No, I like Daleks. I wanted to watch them. No, what scared me was the uh, jelly monsters. I hated them. There were some <laughs> jelly monsters. I can't tell you exactly what they were, but Jesus, I used to scream when they came on. Why don't they bring them back? But there was the Cybermen... Yeah, maybe. There was the Cybermen and the Daleks when I was a kid. Sat down every night at Saturday night and watched them. And... Some were boring and some were really exciting. And these episodes, what we just watched, were like the most exciting ones. Right. See, I don't have any of that. I have no nostalgia for it whatsoever. So to me, the ideas of Doctor Who, like the whole thing of it, like you, like when he has Rose and as a companion, one of the first things he does is takes her to the year like five billion, like yeah. he can travel in time, and he's showing her the end of the Earth, that the Earth has actually lived out its life. They've had it on life support for like millions of years with this bubble around it and now he wants to show her the minute that it actually goes you know disintegrates or whatever blows up or whatever it burns out you know like a star that goes out that's an interesting concept to me yeah the whole other ones like going back in time and meeting people like Agatha Christie or yeah they they do have fun with it sometimes yeah exactly there's some even Shakespeare William Shakespeare yeah exactly exactly So, so I love all that so the the things that are nostalgic or emotionally attached like I don't have that. See, when I when I hear ex- like Rose exterminate. and Martha Spirit Smith and yeah, see, and they, you know what? I don't even. I'm scared so, of them. So when I see <laughs> the, uh, they don't scare me at all. You know, <laughs> when when I see the Daleks, it just brings back something. Yeah, from, exactly. It's the same as Star Wars. You know, it's like me with Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Like I'm 40 years old, and yet every time I watch it, and that witch comes on, I'm like. <gasps> God, she just freaks me out. And that's because when I was seven years old, I would lay one foot away from the TV with my face right up on my hands like this. And she would come on and I'd just be like, and put my hands over my eyes. And that is what I remember. And so I think that's part of your entertainment, your feelings about it. Me, 
I just think it's a fantastic idea, the ideas of humanity and... So, but we didn't really go into that. Let's, so next week, I mean, we covered that one episode there, Turn Left. Let's talk about the last two episodes next week. Okay. Because then we can really talk about them. But Americans, you'll still have to tune out. Yeah, if you're American, don't listen till next week until after you've seen the finale. Oh, I don't listen to the end part of next week's show. Mm. You can listen to the movie review. <laughs> um, the other thing before we go is 4th of July. Yeah, we had 4th of July and it was, uh, went uptown again. I like the 11th of July better. <laughs> Why? Oh, right. Oh, right. That's coming up, isn't it? Yep. Dang, I haven't even got anything. You know what? I was going to get you the speaker stand. Yeah, that's what you took. I, I did. I was. I was, I was you sat, did it yourself. Okay, let me, let me say this. I was sat in my office the other day. I mean, I was going to give you the money I said it. to you, do you, know what I, do you want to know what I want for my birthday? Because you usually ask me, and, I, <laughs> and you said... Well, well, tell me. And I said, well, a centre speaker stand for my home theatre. And you said, that's a bit boring. <laughs> and I said, well, that's what I want. I want the list. I don't want you to say, here it is. I didn't give you a list. I said, Skype me the link and say, this is it. I, said, I mean, this, ugh. That's an office it. chair. <laughs> a... There were several things. I can't if remember. If I didn't have to spend so much money on gas, that's my excuse. I would buy those expensive things. But that's have to get something else. Um, so we had 4th of July. And it was quite, it was nice. It was perfect weather. I slept most of the day and then took my nephew uptown to what is only fun for me because I'm with him and we have a good time talking and kind of looking at the little fair and stuff, you know, and it's charming, but I've got some pictures of it I'm going to put up and make a YouTube video of the stuff that I recorded, (laughs) like people not knowing they're being videotaped, which is really funny to me. And they're all miserable, except for the people on the rides that were screaming their heads off. That was the celebration. Then I was at work all night. And I was and just so listening to it. felt like I was in I ba- went outside Beirut. at one point when they were going to, like, um, my work is close to a state capitol building. And that capitol building is next to a river. And that's where they do the big state um, fireworks. And not that you can see them all over the state. You know, it's not a small state. but <laughs> So as soon as I walked out our door, I seriously thought there were bombs going off because I'm surrounded by cement. That's what and it, it sounds was like. like like pounding back at me, you know, and I thought if you're ever gonna like be a dickhead and shoot somebody, that would be the night. I was nobody's gonna know. I actually was sat here and they were going. I could see them all through mm-hmm. this window, and there was loads of and the poor. Dog. And I was thinking, if you want to, um, you know, drop bombs on this place, not just shoot people. Don't give anybody that idea. <laughs> I'm sure they would have had that idea. But what I'm saying is, yeah, it's I was very because th- it sounds like that. It sounds like I, actually I was playing Battlefield. Bad oh, company right. with Ray, and that game's quite intense um, sound-wise. There's lots of explosions in the distance, bullet shots, and that outside was kind of like a weird stereo quadraphonic thing. I kept saying to Ray, "This is weird. There's like explosions here and explosions yeah. there, and it just..." And I'm not weird. a fan of fireworks. So, yeah, you don't. I'm not a fan at all, except for the ones I can see from a distance and they're big in the sky. Which I went outside for like five minutes and looked at them, but but it was fun, and I hope everybody had. Uh, and Good day off, hopefully. Yeah, and a, a nice And long... enjoy your freedom by thinking for yourself. Because if you don't do it, somebody else will do it for you. So <laughs> That's we... my patriotic phrase. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to remind everybody about the website, sayschooly.com, sidtalk.com. We're on Facebook. You can get this podcast on iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed, 
or go to ascully.com, click on podcast and listen to it straight from the page. You can send feedback to ascully at ascully.com or sidtalk at sidtalk.com. And Where can they find a mention of your weekly recommended movie without having to go all the way back and check it out again? Listen again. Do you uh, write that down anywhere? No. Maybe you should put that in the description. Yeah, with a link to buy it. No, I don't want to sell anything. Just tell them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll put a link to Price Grabber page where you can get it if you want to get it. Oh, that's good, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I might do that. I might not. So, <laughs> you've just added something extra that I have to think about every time. No, I think you should just listen. And if you want a nice recommendation for a movie each week, it's not. It's generally not the movie we're talking about. Well, we do recommend the movie we're talking about. <laughs> But often it's another movie. For well, in addition to the movie we're watching, yeah, we have to recommend others. So this this week I was saying Elephant and this one. So um, and that's it. Stay classy, Drill Bit Taylor. I was trying to think of something about Drill Bit Taylor that was funny, but mm. the movie's pretty funny. Mm. But stay classy, Owen Wilson's Crooked Nose. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Can't believe you did that. Oh my god! And you know what? I'm gonna say it again. I'll say it again. Think for yourself, people. It's your human right, because if you don't do it, someone else will do it for you, and they won't do as good a job as you can do.